You're listening to Bleed TV, the only podcast for today's best shows and movies. I'm Cash. I'm Jake. And we're here to finally dive into Vikings. Yes, it is, it is time. I'm sorry that it has taken this long. Uh, it's pretty much all my fault, uh, as was said on Twitter and everything. Laptop broke <laughs> in my uh, possession, cell phones, very dangerous things apparently. And then uh, I think I had the tooth problem last week. Yeah, I mean, it has been a constant either, um, you know, technology disaster for us. Exactly. Hardware problems. Uh, it's been sickness, dental appointments. Which, I mean, it has been a, a a perfect storm of reasons why we have not been able to do Viking. Yeah. Um, but, but here we are. Well, what we're going to do on this episode is... Combine the first three episodes, I believe. Or four well, episodes. Yeah, four, four episodes, first three weeks. Right. But all we're going to do is kind of just tell you how we feel about where the characters are at this point. Mm-hmm. There's, no, there's no way we can rehash all these other episodes and stuff like that. And plus, a lot of it is just chess you know, maneuvers and things like that. It's been a lot of good story and character development, I feel like. But this past episode has really put people where they're going to be. Mm-hmm. So I think that's a good place to start. So what we'll do, we're going to run down character by character... And just kind of say whether we like how they've gotten where they are now, if we like the way they're going. Yep. And, and probably hit like one or two shock scenes that they've had. Yeah. Agree. Agree. So, how do we want to start this out? I, you know, I think what we can do, I think the best person to start with is Floki. Just, oh, okay. Okay. But just because he has such a... a just He's completely a t- different. Totally off the map sequence of events for him. Yes. Okay, so Floki decides he's full on leaving. He's going to leave... Everything, every, he's putting his to life the in the hands of the gods. Right. Which, if there's a character to ever do this for, this was it. Exactly. So, I, I like what they did and so like that. I have no problem with what they decided to do with this character, finally landing him on Iceland. Well, even before that, and I was like, how about that send-off? Oh, it was, oh, it, it was awesome. It, like, I had goosebumps, chills, like my hairs are raising just thinking about it going back again. Absolutely, because, I mean... He built a solo boat, which there was like a little weird scene of like how they moved it from spot to spot where they just jumped it around. Yeah, well, I like Ivar coming up and like, why you built such a tiny boat? He's for one man, and then like we have like a really emotional scene between these two. Oh yeah, well you get to see that their last time mm-hmm. uh, talking shit to each other. <laughs> I did love the like the last time they're going back and forth. There was like, oh, not again. Oh, I love it though when he's like, stand up and say that to me. <laughs> yeah, I, mean, it's like, I love that shit. You know, uh, I'm, I'm, I truly will miss the interactions of Floki and the other guys. Yes. But it, it looks like he's coming home. It was. And it, like you said, you know, we do confirm that it is Iceland. And a lot of people, as soon as Floki was introduced into the show, they said, he's going to discover Iceland. Right. And he ends up being kind of the Christopher Columbus, whatever you want to call it, without the horrific history of Columbus. Yes. Um, he's but, reincarnating Ragnar's dream. Like his legitimate dream of just farmland. Well, finding a place for themselves to settle and farm and stop fighting. Yes. So it's like, this is Floki's new path. Um, they've done some weird things where they've shown, you know, the waterfall uh, mm-hmm. running backwards, what looks like a giant, um, like, Asgardian yes. soldier uh, uh, stepping out of it. The crows and everything. The crows, uh, the chick, the really cool one was the chick who, like, Turns into bees. Yes. That was pretty wicked. And so, like, I did a little research on this and everything, tried to figure out what it was, and what the consensus around from everything that I found was uh, a combination of things. Hypothermia, you know, you get hallucinations and everything from there. 
but the loss of blood because he had to cut on his hand. He's putting new bacteria blood. and everything in he it. He put that um, volcanic the, water, the hot spring yeah. water on there, and that like festered it. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it's, he has an infection. And then the main thing that I've been reading is apparently Iceland is a great spot for hallucinogenic mushrooms. Oh, that was so like you know you're just going around eating brand new mushrooms and everything. <laughs> He's stoned off of his mind. Yeah, it wouldn't surprise me. It's it like a combination of all those things. And you know what you do when you're, you're highlight that on mushrooms? You look at your hands. Yes. To freak yourself out. And you look at waterfalls going in reverse <laughs> and having Loki. And I like that Loki was the first one that he said. Uh, oh, was that who it was? Yes. Okay. Well, you know. I have, like I said, I, I like what they're doing with Loki. I think this is pretty cool. I'm glad that it, it appears that it's over, though. Yes. Like, I, they gave it he, three he's episodes back. of this, and it's like, all right, time to get your ass back so you can do this. Because we've all seen the trailers leading up to this. Mm-hmm. All these characters and where they are right they're, now. They're going to be fighting. Like, they don't mean shit to where this is going. No. So it's like, this is all inconsequential. Not inconsequential, but... This is all leading to one place. Yes, like this is like a palate cleanser, even and it's a weird way to start a new season. But I'm okay with most of it. Yeah, absolutely. I don't have a, I don't have a problem with any of this stuff. Yeah, and just having like we always wondered how we were going to replace Ragnar's like silent acting and everything. Well, they just decided to make thirty minutes of three, four episodes quiet. You know, with Floki, because he wasn't yeah. really ever talking or anything. Yeah, agreed. He's kind of, uh, he has, he says a few words, mm-hmm. you know, speaking to Allfather and stuff like that. So I was like, all right, cool. That's all we got for Floki. Yep. Floki, over. Yep, he's coming back over. Cool. Okay. Let's end the other character that was pretty small, potatoes for, as, as long as this, and he's, especially the opening thing of this whole season was a Lagartha, like, Entire tribute story, and I couldn't have been happier. I'm like, yes, give me my queen, give me the most important person left, in my opinion. But what? it was 45 minutes yes. of straight Lagartha backstory, uh, everything we've already seen and stuff like that, just to kind of refresh your memory, to let us know how important she is, and like, who did we see in all the promos? Who was leading all of them? Yeah, Lagartha. And she has very little screen time in these uh, first four episodes. And very, like, I hate to say poorly done or just, like, the messages haven't hit, well, at I'm least just, on me, but... I know, it's just, I feel like they have taken away, they have taken away her strength mm-hmm. too fast. Like, you know, when they get, when, when Fine Hair is obviously kidnapped and stuff like that and it's in the dungeon and she goes down there and just... Full-blown rape scene. Yeah, I mean, this is full-on rape. Yeah, like, uh, no other way about it. I thought it was really weird. I didn't think he lost any power in the situation or anything. Well, she just leaves him blue-balled and, like, it's a straight power move. But the thing is, this doesn't play well to the fact that all of a sudden, you know, one of her own people is kind of turning on her a yeah. little bit. Uh, Astrid and her all of a sudden just randomly start fighting. Out of, yeah, out of nowhere. Out of nowhere. And then, I'm sorry, but Torvi... Her face just drives me crazy. It really does. And I know she's the daughter of the creator of the show and everything, but man. Yeah, I'm just, I'm struggling. They, they don't even know how to write for her anymore because they refuse to bring Bjorn over. It's just like, yeah, so why do we still have... She's basically just sad all the time because yes. her husband hasn't returned. And she doesn't think he's going to return. And she has to keep saying, oh, he's a wonderful guy. Oh. Yeah. And, you're, and I know we don't even have Torby as a main character, so I'm going to go off on a small little tangent. Her fight scene with her kid... 
weirdest thing in the world. Yeah. I thought they were lovers in a weird way and everything. It was way too close. Yeah. There was some... Um, that was weird. Erotic moments. In it. Yeah. It involved. Uh, yeah, but anyway. But yeah, like, off of her and everything. Margaret, the, what, what they've done with her, I think, is kind of strange. Is the fact that they're taking... Well, they're acting like her power is chiseling away constantly. And mm-hmm. I'm like, where did this come from? She had such a badass ending to last season. And Kattegat thrived on her. She built it into a nation, essentially. Like, I mean, it started off as little huts and everything, and now it's a thriving metropolis. Well, and it's also a thriving defensive place. Yes. Because she built walls, defenses, good strategy, and the fact that when, you know, the, when the Scarface guy decided to come through... Mm-hmm. And stuff like that. Like, all that was badass. She had that dude on a spit, you know, burning him and stuff like that, getting him to admit that it was fine hair and stuff. It was like, where did her power vanish all of a sudden? Just because she let fine hair leave? Well, and they like, didn't let him leave. He did escape, but it's like, okay. And, like, how do you escape from this defensive fortress? Like, none of it... Made, I, don't, I didn't like it. I thought it fell flat. The fine hair escape and the fact that he was able to grab Astrid was extremely coincidental. And Astrid, we know she's a proven warrior. She's done very well in battle to just let him... And the thing is, the only reason why she's out on her own is because Lagatha just had a fight with her. Yeah. You know what I mean? So it's like, uh, that seemed a little too coincidental. This is not my favorite part. No. Like, in fact, this is my least favorite thing of what's going on. Sadly, Lagatha's portion of the show right now is my least favorite thing, and I'm hoping that they're rebuilding her for whatever reason. She had no reason to be torn down, but I'm hoping that it just comes back up in an upswing now that she has Ube by her side. Right. But in a way, though, I do feel like Lagatha's character, if she if they decide that she dies this season or with that, she has run an amazing course, and that's fine. She has. But I don't want it to be like where she's downtrodden and scrapping for power. Which... I want her to come in strong like she always does. Yeah, I, I want her to not have... She has no reason to have to work her way back up. She's done that no. two or three times. She's too strong. Yeah. She's proven herself too much. She shouldn't be losing faith with anybody. Exactly. Uh, the fine hair thing is a, a big deal that he was able to escape, but it's like... They're blaming her just because she didn't just immediately kill him. And I'm like, man, all of you know she's way smarter. Yeah, and she's one of our best war generals coming up with plans and everything. Yeah. Like, I just, it fell flat. It didn't feel necessary. Yeah. So, anyway, that's my most disappointing character. Yeah, and it is nice, though, to see Torvi still, like, following her unrelentlessly, as we see in the last episode. 100% backing her. That's right. I agree with you. I like seeing the, yeah. the loyalty of Tori. And we'll talk about that just when we get more on Ube side, yeah, I guess. Yeah, we get to the Sons of Ivar, I mean, Sons of Ragnar, we'll get there. But, um, who do you want to move to next? Because, I mean, I'm trying to think, who are some of the... I mean, I think we just go over to King Harold. You know, like him and Astrid okay, are sailing yeah, over and that's everything. True. It's tied together, so let's talk about Astrid and Harold. Uh, like, so, he's... this is kind of surprising. Yeah. That all of a sudden he's just like, I want you to marry me. Well, I mean, that was the only, his only move at that point. Like, I don't know why else he would kidnap her outside of the fact of you're thinking about making her your queen. Well, or just kidnap her and use her as collateral. You know what I mean? Or as a hostage. I mean, maybe, but the more I've thought about it, you're sailing a long way away to be kidnapping a hostage like that. Yeah, I agree. Um, and were, so- you, were you surprised to see his home city is actually... Like a little fishing village. <laughs> yes. I mean, I did not see that coming at all. Because no. we've seen him roll in with, what, a hundred boats? 
But I mean, it's like that. Yeah. All this place was was a little fishing little dock. It was like uh, Turn, it comes to find out that all his boats were fishing boats. Basically, I mean, it's what I, the only thing I can assume. Yeah, but like that makes no sense because these were boats that were sailing next to Floki's. You know, a boat master in yeah the Beethoven. You know, yeah, of the, the, boat making the boat savant. Yeah, yeah, I agree and. I thought it was kind of funny, though, because I was like... Oh, I loved it and thought it was hilarious, because, like, he's, like, Conor McGregor or something, you know, he's speaking everything into existence. He's a king in his own mind. He, mm-hmm. like, he like follows the secret. You know what I mean? He's, like, <laughs> he's just... Let me tell you how the secret to success works, <laughs> now that I'm a billionaire. You know, so it's like, uh, I like this. I like his confidence. Mm-hmm. The thing, to tell you the truth, I've never been a big fan of his character. No, like um, I hate. We've openly bashed him. We've called him fake Vikings all throughout the series. Yeah, the fake Viking brothers, mm-hmm. and I've always thought that. And then it wasn't until here more recently that you actually get to see them fight more. Yes, especially his brother. Oh, his the black. Brother. Yes, you know what I mean. And I'm just like, okay, I'm I'm liking him more than I am fine hair. Definitely loving the black more, just because. He seems more realistic in everything, and like he seems more, for whatever reason, the wandering Viking that I want to follow in a battle more than King Harold. Well, when we get to him, you, you'll all, what he starts saying, yes, is what makes you even like him even more, and so like that. But anyway, so Astrid is of course completely against this whole thing, you know, get the marriage and stuff for a long time. You realize he comes in; they almost make you kind of feel bad for him. In a way. In a way of how unlucky he is with women. Um, He obviously, he's like, yeah, okay, they want to be king of Norway and stuff, but he's kind of just like the the chieftain of a fishing village. He's like a beginning of like an anime character or something where it's like the, uh, he's your main character and like you're going to build him all the way up and he's just already envisioned that he's going to be the king when it's all said and done. Right. But they they make it like he has a, a bit of a drinking problem. Uh, he has a bit of like wanting to save face in front of his people yes. problem. Um, I, I, there's just some stuff in here where it's like you've actually made me feel bad for this guy. You know what I'm saying? As he's like sitting because like he doesn't even have necessarily control in his own kingdom because Asher immediately kind of assumes control. Like immediately sits down and everything's like uh, I guess you sit there. You yeah. know he's like. He's a lovable loser, even though I don't really like him as a character. Like you, like you said, yeah, I pity him and everything, but... It's the thing. It's like, I, I, feel, I feel some pity for him, and I feel a little bit sorry for him. But I don't want him to win. But, you, yeah, you don't pull for him. Yeah, like, he's a backstabber, so we know to never trust him. Right, and you don't want Astrid to turn. No, and, like, she's staying loyal the whole time. She's like, no, this is terrible. Like, I'm going to get back to Lagertha. Then by the end... Just all, all of a sudden, well, I, I accept your offer. I think it just sinks in. It's like... I either accept it or I die. Like, I don't see any way that he lets her go. Do you? Yeah, but accept it or die or accept it or just be... She doesn't know a, how to a sail. prisoner, I guess, would you... I don't know. Because I, I don't think he'd ever kill her, necessarily. I mean, maybe not, but I mean, so it's either queen or... Yeah, Like, no. a terrible situation. Or maybe she can play the odds of, well, I'll just accept this queen thing and then just double-cross them when the opportune time happens. But this marriage proposal, like setting, seems so much different than any other marriage we've seen on the show. No, I'm gonna tell you the truth. I wasn't a big fan of the whale ribs. No, the car, it looked fake. It looked terrible. I wasn't a huge fan of that. And this looked like a, like a frat boy and a frat uh, sorority girl getting married out in the, in the, yes. in the grove. Right? <laughs> I mean, it is very. Um... I think they went a little too 
modern with the wedding. I stuff. think so. It was like a hipster wedding. Or like, or like, do you take this woman and so and like? I didn't understand why the guy had blue face, like uh, that mask, or I don't know what it was. But the thing is, we've saw the other Viking marriages and stuff we've seen. Mm-hmm. They seem more like archaic and you know, bloody and pagan based. Yes. You know what I'm saying? But there's yeah, there's lots of blood and. And like this, like it was like watered down blood, and like you just dip the ring in it. And I was like, yeah, just this? dip the ring. I'm like, no, shoot, they ought to be drinking some goat's blood or something, yeah, or something like killing something and, to bring and, them together and, and sacrifice somebody. Yes, you know, for the for the relationship to work and stuff. I might be totally wrong. I'm no historian. Maybe this is exactly <laughs> where we got our wedding traditions from, um, from these people. You know what I'm saying? But it kind of looks like it. But the other weddings I've seen on the show don't look like this one. Not at all. So I don't know. I was a little. But, like, for so whatever, it was the glimpse of, like, her in bed with Lagertha that made me feel like she's going to die with Harold. Yeah, she's kind of conflicted, I think, mm-hmm. in a way. Because, like you say, she still obviously cares about Lagertha. And she's obviously a lesbian. Yes. Um, and well, Lagertha I, is... Well, I think she's just bi because she, uh, her and Bjorn had a thing, too, Asher and Bjorn. You're right, you're right, um... God, this is a weird, twisted yeah. tree. Well, and also, like, they also kind of made me feel like a push between a Lagatha and Ube relationship kind of thing, and I was like... I wouldn't hate that. There's technically nothing wrong with it. No, they're not... It's weird, because, yeah. like, it's... Some Woody Allen shit. Yeah. Genetically, it's a-okay. Genetically, they're fine. <laughs> Weird dinner if Bjorn ever comes up. Yeah, it'd be strange. So I'm your brother and your yeah. father. Kind of step stuff. I'm but your, also half brother, half father. Yes. I'm your father. <laughs> <laughs> no, but also, uh, quick back to Lagatha and since we we're talking about her Bjorn and Astrid, she talks to the seer. And oh my god, is he dropping some terrible news for Lagatha. Stop going to see the seer, maybe? Yeah, like, don't, don't go to the seer anymore. Like, this guy has never given you anything good. And you're just like, I just want to know, will I see your son again? You'll see him again in the worst possible circumstances. Uh, like, so can, uh, is there anything, I've already told you you'll see him. Is that is there not enough? The burden of knowledge is awful, is what he says. You know what I mean? It's like... I'd be like, uh, dude, Odin just lost an eye. Like, that's not that bad. <laughs> like, let, let me get that deal. Well, the thing is, too, is like, you know, it's a, it's an age old question. Would you like, would you want to know the time and day of your death? Absolutely. So, but but you understand why that's such yeah, a, yeah. A, a polarizing question. Oh, it'd be like, terrible because like then like I'm just gonna be like maybe if I don't go out at that time during that day. Well, that's the thing is, do you think you can change your fate? If not, you know, I mean, if it's set in stone, mm-hmm. chiseled in rock, you know, there's no way of altering it, no matter what you do. That means you're also invincible up to that date. That's ooh, I haven't even looked at it like that. You know what that. I'm saying? Because I look at it like that, like oh, well, until it's my set in stone date, I'm gonna go jump out of some airplanes and just, just not pull my shoot. <laughs> hey guys, uh, like we'll just go do the preacher thing to where like you play the uh, you put on the bulletproof vest and yes. let somebody shoot you. Let's go, buddy. Yeah. $10,000 $10, per shot. We can do this. Because like you said. I'm invincible. Yeah, so, you know, whatever, that's a question for a different day. Okay, but, but Lagatha, please, stop seeing the seer. Lagatha, stop seeing the seer. Um, 
when the Russian Herald married. They, uh, they marry. Uh, we, we do get a, the good scene though, where she punches him right in the nose. Yes. When they first get there, and he's drunk, and tries to go. And, and, he, and like he comes back out like, oh, I guess I have terrible luck with women. <laughs> terrible luck with women. Yeah, it's like, isn't it? But I love it. They're always like skull. Yes. But they, they do get married. We don't get to see. They don't bed. We don't have a bedding scene. No. Right. Okay. So. I did, not that I, I remember. I don't remember one either. Okay. So, but there you go. That's it for them. And so I think the natural thing is just to hop over to his brother. Yes, I think let's do that. So Bjorn, Bjorn. and Halfdan, the Black. Which like we looked up his. Uh, we we're trying to remember his name because for whatever reason I guess we'd never say that and we found. Well, we always just call him Tattoo Face or Half Hair. Yeah. And stuff like that. And so we started to like him and everything. We're like, okay. Let's right. nail well, him down. The reason why we like him so much more now, I think, is what he says. He's like, I just want to live my life mm-hmm. 1,000%. You know, he's like, I don't want to farm. I don't want to just fight. I want to see everything. I want to do everything. I want to experience everything. Because he's like, he's one of those YOLO type guys. Yes. Life is short type of guy. He's just like, whatever. You know, this random ass... Um, you know, commander at this place, wherever like that, it's like, I'd like to pay y'all to be on my bodyguards. They don't even hesitate. No. Like, like, you're, sure. Yeah. Absolutely. Like, you know, and they, that, that's when they think that this guy is powerful. You know, more powerful than he actually is. Yeah. Well, and I also don't think they have any inkling of what a bodyguard is or does or have any care of actually falling through with the promise. It's just, yeah, let's see where it takes us. But you see what happens, though. As soon as they find out that he's actually not the big man in charge, that they move another over. guy, yeah. they're already like, hey, we'd like to see that guy, actually. <laughs> and they're, they're kind of forcing their way into that in a way. I they, love I love their little interpreter guy. I, how did I, we find him? Well, remember, we found him when they went to France. Yes. You know, and he, he just kind of globbed on. He had the maps and shit like that. Okay. And uh, I, I really and enjoyed him. stuck around? Yeah, no, this guy... Brilliant at him. But the fact that he said, uh, you need to send all the other ships away. Your ships home. Just Just, three. mm -hmm. That way we can actually look like we're traitors and everything. And he sticks to this lie the entire time. Yeah, yeah. That's so important. (laughs) Because so many other ships be like, oh, no, no, no. We're going to be this now. It's like, like, you see how few ships we had. We're traitors. We're obviously traitors. (laughs) It's like, oh. But it's cool, though, because when they get there, the guy's like, I wish you weren't traitors. Yes. Yeah, I, I could use some Vikings right now. <laughs> yeah. Well, it works out a lot better if you say yes. So yes. they introduce this nun character. Who's apparently... Uh, so all she does is write and sing Christian hymns. And is apparently extremely famous. It's unbelievably famous and unbelievably valuable. Mm-hmm. And super sought after the enemies. The enemies yeah. of this guy are, like, dogging his heels for this chick, apparently. Mm-hmm. Um, and he, has, he has, like, a massive bounty on his head for kidnapping her and stuff like that, I guess. is what probably Essentially a death bounty. Like, right. kill him on contact, uh, get our woman back for us. So this it's, chick, I, I'm, I'm curious to find out where this goes. Exa- because it's for her voice and everything, but the singing didn't sound... All that phenomenal to me. Like, I don't know if... But I think it's, you know, yeah. different language, different tongue, all that type of stuff. So, that, whatever. Yeah, I'm going to let... Let me get your odds on whether or not Bjorn or the Black lays with this chick. Oh, the Black is going to lay with her within two episodes. You think so? A hundred percent. And especially since... Like, that's what I was trying to figure out with the nun. Because when he talks to the translator, he's like... That looked like a lover. He's like, could be. And I was like... 
if it's a nun, it's supposed to be a definite no. And so like, I thought it was going to have to be like a forceful taking in some shape, way, or form. But now it, but they've you, opened the door for a relationship. But he said it looks like a nun, but you actually find out it's a spy. Remember, that's what he said? I thought they were talking the spy as in the dude she was talking to. Well, that's what I'm talking about. Yeah. Who do you think is the actual think that it's a lover? The spy guy. Because, like, when he's talking to him, and then, because the, the translator initially said he's a spy. Yeah. And then Halfdan said he looks like a lover. Oh, yeah. And then so the, he was did, like, yeah, it could be. They did kind of embrace each other at mm-hmm. the top and stuff like that. But I'm curious where they're going to go with this chick. Um, oh, I think she's going to be, like, a Helen of Troy kind of character. Could possibly be. And Halfdan and Bjorn are going to just maybe, take her with her wherever they end up going. Maybe another, like, Auslog type of character? Kind of an outsider that's like just gorgeous, just you know, but yeah, but kind of throws a monkey wrench into everything. I could definitely see that. I mean, that could be the reason. Maybe she gets kidnapped and goes to Africa, and then that's why we end up going there. If that's something that ends up happening, I don't know. It's also crazy to me because, like I said, based on the trailers, we know where all this ends. Yes, and I'm like, how the fuck. But we've got 20 episodes. I know. Because it's split into 10, and so like that's why we could get a lot of story. Like, I don't know if all of these are from the first 10 episodes or not, all the trailers that we've seen. Something, at some point, though, is going to convince Bjorn and Hafton to, to go come back. back. Yes. You know what I mean? So it's like, everybody's going to be convinced at some point to come to back, come back to Katagat. Yes. So it's like... And it's got to be... Something concerning Lagatha. I can't think of it being anything else to get Bjorn home. Lagatha is why... Is definitely why Bjorn would come. Yes. Um, and Lagatha is why uh, Finehair would come, too. Because that's who he has to take over. True. And then Ivar would come because that's the ultimate goal, is kill the woman who killed his mom. Also fair. And now they seemed up with Ube. And now Lagatha and Ube are together... So it's like two birds, one stone. You know, what I mean, it's it's all it's all forming itself that way. The hardest one is going to be Bjorn and Hefted. Yes, because they're going to be out of pocket, son. I don't know how you're going to get in contact with them, and then because we don't know if Rolo's completely done yet, do we, or is he? Uh, I just haven't heard anything. Yeah, seen anything, and so I hope not, man. I love some to Rolo. see him come back. I, I don't know how. Like, there's just got to be. Him rescuing Bjorn or something. like I, I need him to come back into the show. That can't just be... He gets slapped in the face and that's the last we ever see. No. And especially with like, Bjorn on his redemption tour. Everyone's getting redempted. Floki, you know. Well, no. He's definitely out on Rolo. Yeah. But there, there's a way we can sneak him back in. Yeah, I don't know. I, I feel that would be a huge... But Disappointment if I never saw him again. But anyway, that's way off of yes. the um, Back to like the original of, you know, what are we going to get with Halfdan and Bjorn? Hopefully, I think we stay here for another two or three episodes because I've always been a fan of the Byzantines and everything. The Byzantines, yeah. And I'd love uh, to flesh them out a little bit more. But it doesn't look like we're going to. They're already on the on the, the water heading. Yeah. And, um, and they're heading to Africa? I believe so. Okay, and they're going to meet this, the actual general. Yes, the head person. All right, and, well, Or we could be headed to continuing, because we never made it to Sicily or anything, or is that how we found the... Sicily is where they just landed, okay. and that's where this guy was. Gotcha. Um, but now, I guess, it's to Africa, 
to meet the big boss man. Should be interesting. Who's an Arab boss. So maybe, like, I don't know like where the relation is with Alexander the Great, Alexandria, Egypt, or any of that. Well, they're, so. already, they're already saying that the Roman Empire has fallen. So this is post-Roman Empire. This is the greatness yeah. of the Roman Empire. So I don't, I don't think they're going to even be involved with that too much. Say Probably like. not. So anyway, um, that's about all we get. With those two. And then we can move to, I guess, the... Do we want to do Aethelwolf first or the brothers? I think we do Aethelwolf and Haman. Let's, let's do Aethelwolf and Haman. Um, and there's really not a lot to say about these two, other no. than the fact that Haman is clearly putting himself out there, like wanting to run the show. Yes. By while also trying to play the role of submissive to Aethelwolf. He's doing like a very bad Vares or Littlefinger play. He's putting himself yeah. too much in the spotlight. Yeah, a little finger style. Yes. Right. He wants to. It's like he's. He, he like he's like he says vanity. You know what I mean? He's mm-hmm. the vain priest, basically. You know what I'm saying? Where he was like, his reputation precedes him everywhere he goes. Yes. They know he's a, a huge soldier for the Lord and a badass fighter. And wants credit and loves people worshiping him and everything. And it has a super weakness for women. Uh, to the point where he's running through thorn bushes. Oh my god. Like, I don't know if any of our listeners have ever grown up in the woods or anything. That's the most painful thing in the world. This like, getting caught in thorns. Horrific. Yeah. Oh my god. Just walking past and they grab your leg. It makes me, on. like, stop and shudder and just, like, complete pain. I'm done. I'm like. It's I, so. It's, it, it cuts a fine slice into your leg. First, it hooks your leg. Yes. And then it tears through your leg in a fine slice. It's so ridiculously painful. It's like... A paper cut on steroids. Yeah. It's awful. And that's the thing. is One of them's going to rip and cut on you. The other ones are just going to hook into you. Yes. And, and you're going to have to find that one spot to try to pry them loose. This dude's running through them. Ripping. Like, like it's the Spartan. <laughs> and, then, oh, and he's just carved up. Yeah. And cuts. Like, shirtless. Doing this, like, with no clothes, no clothing. No. And the thing is, no cuts on his face. Nope. Gotta got keep that, gotta protect the moneymaker. Nah. I don't think, I don't buy it. No. <laughs> or maybe, maybe, you know, the hair, hair gel that he's rocking, it's just got, like, Teflon yeah. or something in it. Very possible, very possible. Uh, because I don't know if Hollister is dressing him or not, but, uh, <laughs> the, yeah, he's, fr- he's frat boy fresh. <laughs> Hey, uh, I was looking for a tighter shirt. We checked. There are Teddy. <laughs> yeah, so... But, like, if we can change his look, I think we've almost got the perfect character. I like him when he's in his full battle garb. Yes. Uh, when he's just uh, roaming around, I, I, I don't love it or whatever. It's just the um, hairdo. Like, I, I just can't get past that. Yeah, because it always looks like he's rocking, like, Zoolander blue steel. <laughs> just, just at that perfect... You know, exactly. His chiseled cheekbones and shit. It's like... My God, get this guy! But I know that's why they chose him exactly. too. Exactly. I mean, they they picked pick the perfect cast and everything. Like, I just need the costume tweaked a little bit to make it more seem error friendly. Yeah, I I agree. It's his hair that really bothers you. Yep. You know, because he has like this perfect fade, and then he has gelled up to kind of spiked up hair and stuff. I'm like, all right, come on, it's a little bit much. Yep. Um, that's what it does it for me. Ate the wolf. Uh, 
He looks like a just total tool bag at first. Oh, to me. disaster! Like, uh, you know when, when they get the to he's uh, back in like the two New York and uh, he brings the map. And he's like this. They've they've not put any effort in repairing these beatdown walls. He like smashed it. Well, that's where our plan is. <laughs> so it's, like, it's obvious this is where we attacked yeah, it. I was like, Jesus, this is a super tool bag. Yes. you know, and I was like, I wasn't a fan of that. But then later on, when he chides, yes. Uh, Bishop. Oh my! Like is in the most previous episode. Yes, exactly. And he's like, "I see what you're doing. I know mm-hmm. what you're doing. You're trying to put yourself out in front of me, even though you are my servant." Yes. You know what I mean. And, and I have your <laughs> You know. What it I mean? was a great use of his voice and everything, and he they gave him his father's smarts finally. You know, like we've always known this character's been hiding and he's been a shell of himself. Yeah. But to like scream, "I am the king." And to feel like you actually are the king. You know, because a lot of times you hear, like, if you have to tell everybody, you're not it. But I felt like everyone rallied behind him more so by him claiming it. Yeah, but you could also see where there would easily be a divide. Yes. Between the people that would follow Bish- the, the bin- man of God mm-hmm. before they followed the king. vain king. Yes. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, there could easily be a schism there. You know, easily. Easily. Mm-hmm. So I look forward to what they're going to do with that. Um, plus, I've always been a big Aether Wolf fan. Yes. Like, um, he always comes in in the clutch. And that's why I was a little upset. I was like, I don't need this douchebag Aether Wolf. Like, he has every right to be one. Well, that's the thing is, I feel like Aether Wolf's um, prowess should precede him, too. It should, but he's never gotten any credit is the thing. His think, dad his, stole all of it. Yeah, his dad always uh, put the heel on him, so it's like mm-hmm. he didn't get to he didn't get to feel the adoration that he should get. I mean, because he's slumming it up in <laughs> Mudville. Oh God, what is this place? With is this a cat fishery? I, I don't know. It, it looks it's like rice fields with Ugh. muddy cat. Oh it God, is not good. And then we have poor little eight or uh, Alfred. Alfred. Face first in the mud, can't even pick himself up. He's so scrawny. So th- this is the stuff I get weird with. Floki's hand healing. Um, Alfred seeing Athelstan. Yes. Which I would have loved to just seen Athelstan. That would have been awesome. But just for him to, to say us. he saw him, and what looks like a hallucination to me, but he says, we must go to York. How do you feel about the... The show has never fully let go of the mysticism. No, it hasn't. And I was okay with it when we had such a strong connection with Ragnar, Eckbert, and Athelstan. But we've always been cool with the fact that the seer is around, too. Yes. Well, because he fits the mythology and everything, of Norse mythology, and only the Norsemen, like the Vikings, are using the seer. Yeah, and you got to remember, too, the first episode of the show ever, mm-hmm. when we saw the Valkyries and the weird character in black and stuff like that, Yes. It, this show almost lost me. Like, I was just like, oh, man, this is so cool. But then they did some of this weird kind of mystical stuff. And I was especially like, with Aslog, like they had a lot of the bad mysticism within everything because her yeah. parents were the gods and everything. Yeah, so it, it started to lose me a bit, but now I'm all I'm okay with the all yes. of it. Yes, uh, and I'm perfect. I was okay. I just didn't like it coming from Alfred. Yeah, Alfred, I feel, is like one of those shoehorn characters that is like pushing him on you. Like, it's like this is the last remnant of Athelstan. Yes. And, and really the last remnant of... Why do you give a shit about Judith at this point? I have no idea why we care about Judith. She can just die. They show her constantly. 
And she has to keep that constant hair Leia on one side because her ears cut off. Oh, God, it's terrible. And she's always in weird positions because sometimes she's leading him at Aethel Wolf. Sometimes Aethel Wolf is, like, leading her, and I'm like... Yeah, I don't know what their relationship is anymore. She's she's queen. Yeah. But... She shouldn't be. She was also the queen before, too. Hey, oh. It's like... Yeah, it's it's weird. It's like she loved the young bull, then she went to the old... And then came back and yeah, it's really really strange. And now they they have their kid and he looks pretty warrior and stuff. Yeah, he looks okay, and he takes an arrow like a champion. Um, nice little shoulder and everything. Oh my god, people take arrows in this show. For certain characters, it's like this is nothing. Yes, um, uh, Ivar. I, I loved his little arrow in the leg and everything. But before, like I think we really missed something with Alfred. And Ivar, like, I really feel like there should have been like a moment connection, like the leaving a leaving a chess piece, really just, and because like we built so much on their connection last season. This is true, and this is true, and the, and the thing is, is maybe at some point there will be a a, a, a moment between them or something. A moment between the two where Ivar lets him live, or Alfred lets him live, whatever the case may be. I'm just saying it looks like Ivar would let him live, not, yes, not the other way, not around. The other way around. Um. But Alfred's also preaching, you know... Uh, peace and companionship between them. Peace and uh, no war and all this type of stuff. You know, wherever you can try not to fight, do that, go that route and stuff. So maybe there is a little... They're, they're polar opposites, though. Yes. Him and Ivar. You know 100%. What I'm saying? So it's like, no peace, war all the time. We fight, that's all. If we die fighting, that's the best death. And then you got Alfred, who's Athelstan. Yeah. And, you know, reincarnate, basically. So... Well, I mean, because he's like, if we're going to look at the three brothers, it's like Ivar, obviously, war and everything. Ube, you know, obviously, peace and everything. And then Vitzik sitting in the middle is kind of like Alfred. And I, so... The thing is, Ube, though, do you just want to go to the Sons of Ragnar? You want to move on to them? Yeah, and then I think we mix in, like, the battle scenes with those three, and then I think we're pretty right. much done. Um, like, Ube, to me... Wait, well, before, who's your favorite of the three brothers right now? I'm interested to figure out. I've always been a big Ube guy. I yeah. always have been. Uh, I liked how he fights. He's I always like, been the most legit and everything. I, d- I think he just kind of has the most even head. Yes. You know, um, we all hated Sitgard. Yeah. Uh, uh, honestly, I forgot he died. I was happy that he reminded me that he was dead. Yeah. And I'm still okay with him being dead. I don't care if it's unpopular, popular, or whatever. Uh, Vitzik, uh, I'm usually pretty cool with. I hate his mustache. I... I <laughs> His mustache drives me crazy. It's a terrible mustache, but oddly enough, I would say he's probably my favorite brother right now. Well, I feel like he's the most conflicted, that's for sure. Yes. Um, he's in the worst spot. Because now he's turned on Ube and stayed with Ivar um, just because it looked like Ivar was right in the situation. I think it's just Ivar gave him what he wanted the most. And like I think he still wants that battle recognition because as we've seen, he might be the best warrior. And, like, I think he just enjoys fighting. And he knows with Ube, that's kind of out of the picture. Like, he just doesn't want to be a farmer. Well, he just has middle child syndrome. Where he's like, I'm not the oldest, so I don't have, you know, yeah. rights to this or that. And then I'm not Ivar, who was mom's favorite. And the baby and is a clear lunatic. Mm-hmm. Uh, but has respect of all the warriors. So it's like, I feel like I like Ube so much because he just wants to do what's best for everyone. Everybody. He would be the best king. Um, I agree. I think he would. 
And uh, I think Vitz made the wrong choice. He should have gone with Bjorn or gone home to Lagatha. All of them should have just gone with Bjorn. Or at least he should have gone with Bjorn. Yeah. And he would have saved himself all this trouble. But, you know, you can see why not, though. You know, you want to keep their brothers together. Yeah, you want to keep Bjorn them Bjorn is kind of on the outside. Yes, very much uh, so. But I think Vitzik would thrive a lot better probably so. in that tripod. But, I don't know. I, uh, but the thing of it is, I love watching Ivar on the screen. Oh, my God. He absolutely... Crushes it. And him and Ube talking. Like, those are interesting conversations. I like all their conversations. I like just the routes they're going. I like that the fact that they're making Ivar the chess master that he is. Um, oh, the fact that he's so far ahead of the bishop and Aethel Wolf. I, I feel so bad for him. Oh, absolutely. Like, because, like, you kind of think, I'm like, okay. Because, like, with, then that's where we'll attack. And I was like, okay, this, this is going to work out. And everything. <laughs> yeah. Like, we know Aethel Wolf is a great strategist. Like, he's had the best battle scenes. Oh, of the are, shows and everything, the sieges. Those horrific deadfalls onto the spikes. Okay, I was going to talk to you. I, I was so excited to talk about this oh, battle with you because man. they invented ways to die that are so horrible that I never even fathomed in or, these scenes. Or not even ways to die, some of them. Ways to be horrifically it, tortured. Yes, without even... Tor- like, in yeah. the middle of war. And what's cool is they, they showed... Aethel Wolf doing it too. Yeah, you they doubled s- down. He you led on. Step on your people. You have to. I was like, okay, because like initially I thought it was going to be like when we went back to France where they just had the two death spikes rolling in on each other. Yeah, yeah. I was like, okay, we're just recreating that. No. But oh no, it was far worse. Much worse. And then I was like, how are they going to get out? Like they're all just going to be Ugh. arrowed to death. And like as you said, you have to make the conscious decision of. Stepping on somebody, and like we see them squeeze down further into these spikes. Yeah, and even with some of your steps, they go through your foot. Oh, um, oh my God! Though, like they step on that one dude, and it goes through his face. Face is like that slow squeeze, and then like you see his hand as they step on oh, that, and it goes through so, the spike. So gruesome! And you just hear the oh, 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 oh <laughs> and, yeah, they pan back a little bit, and you see the guy that's just like pinned on it. He's just yeah. Like, oh. <laughs> You know, you can't move. No. Every pressure you put on one joint, you're stabbing another joint. So and, like, like, you can't do, like, a pity head stomp or anything. Like, oh. it's just a slow, agonizing... Just horrific, dude. Like, Ivar, you just, there's a special place in hell for oh. you, like, knowing that this was going to happen. Yeah, this is so dark. And they showed it so many times. Yes. Yeah. And then I was like, okay. So, like, clearly we're just going to do this twice. But, oh, no. We, uh, we get Bishop Haven, you know, he gets the really good... He just kind of knows it's happening or something. He is kind of wandering around like, oh, shit. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's like, you know. uh, Let's people move in front of him, stay behind him and everything. Gets in the middle, then all of a sudden, they start flinging oil everywhere. And I was like. Yeah, his people start getting burned up. But he just kind of wandered around Mm shell-shocked. He's not really fighting much. Even when the Vikings come out to fight. Uh, well, no, when they come out and fight, he slays, like, 15. Like, he gets a nice little montage. That's what I'm saying, though. It, but when they first come out, he's still kind of oh, just yeah. watching. And then all of a sudden, he just goes on the tear. So do you think it was kind of learning their fighting style and everything? Or was it just kind of shell-shocked? Like, I think he was still kind of shell-shocked in a weird way. But I love I love seeing him fight, obviously. Mm-hmm. I love seeing Aethel Wolf fight. I love seeing Alfred being a big tool bag and can't <laughs> keep his own weight. Uh, um, I, like, why would... How does Aether Wolf think bringing Alfred is a good idea? I don't know. I like, think I think it's just you have to bring him. Otherwise, it's a huge shame. Like Alfred must go. 
Okay, I, I can go with that. I mean, not even just a shame for Ethel, but a shame for, for Alfred. Alfred. Yeah, you know I mean, it's like I can't be sat behind and stay with my mom, you know, while the men are fighting. Okay. Uh, and plus, he has a brother right next to him too. That's very clearly, clearly going in. He's he's seen a waiter too. Like he's, yeah. Do you even lift, bro? Do you yeah, even lift? Absolutely. <laughs> Come on, bro. Uh, so, you know, I love these battles. Mm-hmm. Um, weird to see Ivar get his ass knocked off. You know, running through on his chariot. Yes, I liked it though. I did too. And then, um, and like, then you see him lose his fucking mind. He just kind of lays there and I was like, he's playing possum. He's playing possum. Don't get due to him. Like fourteen little shake slices. Ah. Dude's on the ground, and I was like, Ivar's <laughs> lost it. This dude is psychotic. But you know, when he's just sitting there up against the uh, chariot the side of his chariot, and he's just screaming and smiling and stuff. I mean, really, at any moment they could have killed him. Yes, right here. Um, well, and we even kind of see the attempt with the arrow shot that hits him in the leg and then the one beside his head. Yeah, and then, you know, of course, Bishop stops them. Yes. And uh, is kind of just watching him. and uh, He's just screaming, do you know who I am? Yeah. I am Ivar the Boneless. And I was like, oh, man, his name actually sounds really cool in this uh, language and dialect and everything. I was, I don't know, I love this scene. I loved... The rain and everything. This is one of their biggest promo shots and everything. Yeah, and I think this is also not only where Bishop finds out what he's dealing with mm-hmm. or what he's got to deal with now, but also what Ube sees. Yes. Ube sees, oh my God, we're dealing with an absolute... Monster. Just maniac. Yeah, right ego, now. maniac, narcissist. So I, I think this is where Ube also makes up his mind. That uh, they're going to have to split up or... Well, just so, that we can't... We need a conversation. We can't go the Ibar route. Yes. We're going to have to make peace. You know, um, because but, what he wants to do for everybody, claim our piece of land, farming and stuff like that. And he just wants to make that treaty and everything. And before we jump to that real quick, how about the dude taking the spear through the eye just out of, um, out of nowhere? Just random crazy deaths. Yeah. Um, Massive. This, I'll be honest, a lot of the Vikings, uh, battle scenes and stuff like that, we don't actually get to see a lot of the gore. No. You see a lot of, like, mud and blood flying around. Yeah, like, you see a lot of things happening on the screen, but not actual... But in this, you see some horrific deaths and horrific injuries. Yeah, and it's like, we didn't see, like, the middle part of it, but we saw the end results of yeah. a lot of these things. Yeah, and that was an interesting way to do it. Yeah, there was some uh, pretty wild things. I mean, like I said, the arrow shots. Bishop takes an arrow. Uh, Ivar takes an arrow. Um, whoever, what's his... Yeah, Ethel, yeah. other Ethel Wolf's other son, son. Is, takes an arrow. A lot of uh, just gruesome random deaths. The people on fire. Well done going all the way, History Channel. Couldn't couldn't ask for any more from No, me. this was oh, just so fantastic. I love watching when they do this. And plus, the show is so pretty to watch anyway. Even when they're in this nasty, yes. mucked up city and stuff like that, it's still it's so cool to look at. They they use like cool, just like natural fade of color and everything, like that oh, dark yeah. grizzleness. It's just like a grime. Yes, That's it's the color like, I'd call it just grime. It's you a know? nice little grime feel coming through the screen <laughs> yeah, and everything, and it looks beautiful. Your screen feels dirty. You just watch <laughs> it, it. It, like, it. It looks like you're watching it through Daryl vision. Yeah. <laughs> but. Uh, but, you, but then we like get the conversation and everything, and we get Uve and and Bitsik doing the sneaky. Yeah. We'll go do a treaty talk without Ivar's permission. And I felt nothing good about this. So I didn't think this was going to go anywhere. But it did do a couple major things. You know, one of the major things is Alfred calling out the bishop. Yes. You know, shouldn't you be a man of peace? And 
and he can't deny it in front of Aethelwolf. Mm-hmm. But as soon as he comes out, you know, he takes his little posse Absolutely. and threatens. Horrifically hits Ube with the hilt of a weapon. My God. And, like, we see the after effects of this horrific hit on Ube, and I was like, And let me Doom! tell you, this is awesome practical special effects on Ube's face. Oh, yeah. And it lingers throughout the rest of the episodes. But when it's first hurt, and he's talking to Ivar, mm-hmm. after it's, his eyes all red. And, like, purple. And nasty cut on his face and stuff. I was like, that looks phenomenal. So badass. And the, the way they were putting him in the light. Yes. Where his eye looked like you could just see the red and the rest of it was blacked out. It's like, damn, this is fucking Terminator over there. Yeah. I mean, they did. They looked at every aspect of this to make sure it looked as gruesome yeah. as humanly possible. This wound is only going to make Uwe look even more badass. It's going to give him more credibility. Yeah. He's going to look even cooler now. Vitzik um, is the only one that doesn't have wounds all over him. No, because Uwe took all the heat. Yeah. Ivar's even got scars on his face and shit. And your fucked up legs. Which, by the way, Ivar, he's this close to walking. Yeah, like, I don't even know why he's using that cane. The crutch thing is like, that's going to be here for a few more episodes, and then we're going to see the big crazy scene where he steps out. Yes. You know, he's working himself up to it. And once that happens, I feel sorry for anyone who stands in his way. Yeah. Because he's clearly going to be the leader by the end of the show. Like, I mean, we, we've painted it up. <laughs> There's... Anyway, yeah. This, like I said, the treaty thing fails. They get their asses beat. They run off. Um, then we get like the cutscene essentially, and Ube and Vincent are sitting on the boat, and Ivar. He's just Ivar just became too dickish for me. I guess. Like, yeah, he's rude as fuck. Um, you know, it's like the fact that he can't see Ube's side at all mm-hmm. in this it doesn't make sense to me. He's just too gung ho for the battle. Um, and the fact is, he can't do much of the battling yet. No. Like, he's just doing all the scheming and everything. And, and maybe that's what's bad, is he doesn't realize the life lost portion of it. Well, he doesn't care. That's what he thinks the best death is anyway. True. It's like, die in battle, it's, you'll be in Valhalla. You know what I mean? You gotta remember, he's for the gods 100%. Yes. So, I, I forgot him and Floki are, right. you know, numero with the gods. So it's like, to me, you know, it's not like I don't like watching him, but I don't like his... I don't like him. Yes, I don't like. I don't want to root for him and everything, but I love watching him oh, on yeah. screen and everything. I love watching him. He's a great villain. Yes. Villain slash good guy? Oh, we don't know what he is. Well, like, he's just the perfect Viking. You know, I mean, like, he's this guy who follows the Viking code. We're going to raid. Our job is to fight. Our job is, like you said, die in battle. But what's great about this show is there's no good guys, bad guys. No. It's all terrible people fighting each other. Yeah, I mean, it's just like old history, like, you know, with... All we know is war. Well, like, that's, that's how you progress. Like world history is a history of war. Yes. Between even from the smallest tribes all the way up to the full what blown, we have now, full blown countries. Yes. So it's like it's that's what the history is. Um, but it's just like Ivar has no respect for anybody else. Like everybody else is beneath him, and he's going to use you until you have no use anymore. Right. So we we have a a boatload. Of people that support... <laughs> well, I think there was, like, three. Like, I think you had, like, one or two, like... Was there? I, I think I, I saw two more. I thought it was a single boat. It might have only been a single boat, and I'm trying to pump Ube's numbers yeah, up, but... I'm pretty sure it was just one boatload of guys that supported Ube and Vitzik. Mm-hmm. And then Vitzik gets cold feet and steps uh, on the boat to go to Ivar's side. I wanted something between them said. 
But in a way, I like Ube by himself. Yeah, well, yeah, I had no problem with it just being Ube going back. I just wanted Vitzik to be like, I'm not siding with Ivar. I, I just yeah. don't want this. Yeah, I don't know. You know, like, I, I wanted something to be like, I could come back to your side, you know, instead of like that hard cutoff. Yeah, I don't know. I wouldn't even mind seeing Vitzik go the other direction. Yeah, just step off the boat and everything. Just like off the boat and then go the opposite direction of Ivar. You know what I mean? Just like say, well, I'm fuck all y'all. I'm not going yeah. any of your ways. I'm wandering. So, But I don't think he feels safe by himself. Oh, no. By no means. So, and he wouldn't have been safe by himself. So now we have the split. Um, and Then we get Ube and Lagertha. Yeah. You know, he goes back over there. He goes back to his wife because he was already married and everything. The wife he was sharing with Vincent. Yes, but that was only in private, so... Right. And, you know, he's talking to Lagatha. He's like, look, Ivar's my enemy, and since Vincent sided with him, that's my enemy. And Lagatha, being the powerful and smart person, woman that she is, is like, hmm, seems like, you know, I can scratch your back, you can scratch my back. Although, I don't know what she's really getting from Ube, since, you know, boatload of people, not, not the greatest... Uh, well, a boatload of people, but you're getting Ube. And he's a powerful motherfucker. Because he is strong. He's a he is. badass He's fighter. a fantastic warrior. But uh, is that worth you taking on Ivar? I guess if you've already got to fight him, it doesn't hurt you. Yeah, I mean, you, got, you might as well have some friends. Yeah. In high places, for sure. I just um, didn't see it being as, like, the monumous, like, join. And plus, you want somebody like Ube who knows Ivar so well. Yes. On your side, because that's a strategy. Yeah, he's gonna, he is going to become very useful and everything because he's seen how Ivar's brain works in the Absolutely, war. absolutely. Whereas so, Lagatha still hasn't. So that could obviously assist them later on down the road. Um, and then, but he gets back with his wife. He's like, hey, you know, I'm not going to be sharing you with Vitzik anymore. Yada, yada. She puts a bug in his ear. How, how are you feeling about her putting the bug in the ear? But the thing is, I don't really like her at all anyway. Neither do I. Like, I don't see why she's still so valuable. Well, the thing is, she's been just around the block, basically. I mean, uh, yes, she, she started the major problem with Ivar. Mm-hmm. By uh, telling, was it Ube or Vitzik that he couldn't get it up? Told Sitgard. It was Sitgard. And then, of course, it spreads. He's yeah. like the, the diarrhea mouth. Um <laughs> So, you know what, so, but that's what turned Ivar against his yes. own brothers, originally. Was it the original wife and everything, it's, and then them marrying her is just kind of... Was slap in the face yeah. to him even more. And, you know, but she puts the bug in his ear that Lagertha's power is waning. And, and she's spinning it beautifully. Like, she is doing a great job with it. Right. And it can't be Ivar and Bitsig, so the only one that could be king of Ragnar's son is you. Um, Bjorn's not here. And Bjorn doesn't care about us, so... Right. So, you know, it's like, this makes sense to me, but in my mind, I don't want Uwe and Lagertha to have a problem. No. I I want to see them get as far as they can. But he he does make the obvious statement. He says, you realize that would be me teaming with the person who killed my mother. Yes. You know, so there will be tension no matter what. But, like, as we all know, like, the... That's just a name. Like, I mean, Aslog didn't really care about them all that much. No, she loved Ivar. Yes, she cared about Ivar and pretty much only Ivar. Yeah, so... And so, like, you know, they've already had that conversation of, 
they didn't even really care that Lagatha killed her all that much. Only Ivar did. Yeah, because Uwe that was so see, loved. Yeah, yeah. they were like, eh, not that big of a deal. I don't care that much. So I'm not worried about them having problems or anything. Especially with Lagatha coming back out and being like, you know, you could do all this. You know, I haven't given you a reason, but if you give me your loyalty, we'll be okay. Well, just, you'll be so much more rewarded yes. just by being loyal to me instead of being another person backstabbing me. I thought this was an awesome I thought statement. It was a, uh, yeah, I thought it was a powerful scene. And, and then she still ran off. It's like, ugh. It was like, well, you have this out. You have this beautiful thing, and it's just like, you're... Really? She was giving you the easiest out you could possibly get. Just be loyal to me, and you'll have no problem. And she's done nothing for it. Like, I love even... Uh, I, I just forgot. What's Bjorn's wife? Toby? or Torvi. Torvi. She's like, you were a slave, and look at where, where you are now. But now that I'm not a slave, like no one's done anything for me. I was like... Yeah, yeah. Uh, and Torvi's even telling like, why would you think... Her power is waning, right? Yeah, now. like she's done nothing to show any of that. Torby, in a way, is the voice of us at this yeah, point. Yeah, like, like she's the third person character that's like, no, you're being blinded by a power that you might not even get. Yeah, you get this, uh, it's like an overreaction mentality. Yeah, like in the, I hate to like, do the basketball reference of it, but it's the uh, greed, like, of the greed of more. She's like, she got a little bit of power. Now she's realized she's married to Ube and he could become king, so she can become queen of Kattegat. And yeah, she's uh, putting the cart before the horse is what they call it. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> she she's gonna realize very soon that that's that cart's not going anywhere. But anyway, that's basically four episodes of content uh, where our characters lie at the, yes. at the moment. Um, and I'm enjoying. The episodes so far? I thought they've done a great job, done a great story building. Um, I thought episode one and two, they did it the same night. They could have got away with one episode of that, I think. Well, yeah, because like 20 minutes of it was just Floki being Floki. So. And 20 minutes of it was Aethel Wolf and Mud Hole. Yeah, which you know we could have completely skipped his. and That whole part almost could have been two minutes of screen time. Yeah. Um, but so, there was a few things that I was like... You know what? Cut that out of a couple episodes and just bunch it together. That first night was daunting, man. 45 minutes of Lagertha and then two two hours hours of show and it was like, Jesus, man. It was exhausting. And then they put that horrific watch party. Oh, I do. This is one of the worst things that I've ever seen in my life and it was so cringeworthy. This was bad. Whoever that host was, just quit. Like, never get back on TV, never do any of that. And as you said, I never want to see my people outside of... Yeah, if they're not in Viking garb, on my screen, doing their lines, I don't want to see them. Yes, I, you all don't need to be ablating because it was really bad. No, this is horrific. They, they obviously need scripts. Because yes. Because these guys have no, like, uh, I don't know... Repertoire, quid pro quo, nothing. No improv skill whatsoever. It's just like, yeah, go Vikings. Uh, wait, we still have time to talk. Um, shout uh, out to, uh, and we're taking it back in ten. I just, man, this was not good. They don't need to do this ever again. Just call that, yeah, done. Like you don't need to be AMC or anything. History Channel, just show the show. You filmed something beautiful. Um, I will, I will say, um, I look forward to where the paths are leading us right now. Yes. Um, but I, but I, I'm most looking forward to all of them back in Cadigan. 
Uh, I'm interested with anything with Ivar, as much as I hate to say it. Like, he's been so far ahead. I'm interested to see what his plan becomes. And I think he becomes the true lead of the show. Well, I mean, I think that's very possible. But if he's going to do that, that, I mean, you got to knock out Lagertha, Bjorn. Which is scary. Uh, and I think he's going to be... That's it. I think those are the two major characters other than Ivar. I mean, I would throw Ube up there with Lagatha. You don't think so? I think they're giving him more of a character this this season, which I love, mm-hmm. obviously, um, and giving a you know a polar opposite brother to Ivar, kind of. Um, but the thing is, he's still kind of a cog because he I doesn't guess, yeah. actually run anything. He just he's teaming with Lagatha, who has the power. I can... Ivar has the power on the other side. So it just depends if. He tries to take a stab at Lagatha before or after. Right, right. As of right now, he's a second tier to the power struggle. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I'll agree with that. But now we have some sneaky business where he might double-cross Lagatha at some point, but we'll see how that goes. But, uh, but man, I, I think that's a good yeah. episode. I mean, I think that's the best way we could have done all four episodes and everything, so you got anything else? No, I think that's it. Look, obviously, guys, we have Christmas coming up next Monday. We're not going to pod on that night. Yeah. Um, but we'll get, we'll get the next episode of Viking in as soon as we can, but then after that we'll be on schedule. Yeah, we'll be back week by week as long as everything runs smoothly. Yeah, as long as our equipment holds up for us. So uh, until New Year's? Until the New Year. Yeah. Everyone have a Merry Christmas. Have a Happy New Year and everything. Thank you for all the love and support you've given us in 2017. We look forward to it and more in 2018. Yep. And uh, Bleed TV, I'm Jake. And I'm Cash. Later.